we're here cleaner than your vegetables. We're so happy to be here with Angela Evans of Lifted Organics. Um, today, you know, as always, we're uh, brought to you by EnviroCan um, and the Cleaner Than Your Vegetables podcast. We're unpacking the issues that arrive in the regulated hemp, cannabis, and boutique ag industries. <laughs> so, um, yeah, to Angela, to get off like we've been talking right now, we're living in transitional times or crazy times, however you want to say it. But um, how has from a, we've talked to her and heard a lot about the retail end of things as far as cannabis being essential and, um, you know, the different, you know, spikes and reductions in business and the changes. But how's that been from a uh, both a cultivator and product maker perspective? Um, in cultivation, I would say it's the um, most that we're worrying about it at the most uh, at the moment. Uh, manufacturing, we don't have as many people, um, and we have yeah. a smaller facility operating. Um, on our cultivation, though, it's this the growing time. Everything is like yeah. coming up. Everything sort of needs to happen at this moment. Um, so just making sure that um, we have um, sanitizer available, we have face masks available, um, we have um, gloves available. Just things that um, to keep everyone safe and letting them know that everything should be safe and um, just making sure that all the tools are clean. Great. Yeah. And have you seen, how's the, have you seen spikes in orders from different um, distributors or, and things around that or other ones not having the same orders or how's that the supply chain been? Um, the supply chain has been pretty good. It's been about the same. I mean, if you're talking like business wise, yeah. it's been good. It's been, um, the same, if if not like a little bit more, but we've also been producing more. Um, yeah. We're at the beginning of, of our, um, business model of creating um, continuous SKUs of different products and we want to um, make sure that those are all coming out um, in a, an appropriate way and so we don't have that much product going out right now so yeah. um, it's sort of like um, the demand for what we have is larger than what we are able to supply. So yeah, that's perfect. a good problem. Yeah, yes. good problems. Yeah, and we talk about this because there's so much, there was a rush of news stories of cannabis is essential and being hoarded and all yeah. this. And so a lot of people that I talk to um, are like, oh, well, you're you know so lucky everyone's in cannabis. <laughs> it must be the greatest times. Everyone's home smoking weed. But, you know, it, it was... It's been a lot more nuanced than that. And we're really? very blessed to be essential and not considered criminals anymore, like we've said. Yeah. But the, it's not just all everyone's hoarding it and times are great. And um, so there's been challenges. So it's great to hear that your um, group has been, you know, weathering the storm. And um, that's great. And so <clears throat> I'm, we're really happy to have you here. And kind of the theme for this episode, I think, is like farm-to-table cannabis. And, and it's because... Um, the first time I encountered your brand Lifted, you know, years ago, I was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, the rootsiest edible I've ever seen. And, and, it, 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 and, you know, that was refreshing at the time, right? And so, and I, I believe your farmers back there and, you know, making, making your own uh, extracts and things. But um, tell us a little bit about how this whole farm-to-table cannabis thing came to be and your personal journey. How'd you arrive in the cannabis space? And, um, yeah. Yeah, just start from there. Beautiful. Um, 
So I arrived in the cannabis space um, just uh, through trying to grow by myself and then through volunteering at uh, collectives and w- reaching out to people to try and um, I've always been a giver, so yeah. wanting to figure out how collectives to give back to people. Collectives in the Santa people. Cruz area? Yes, collectives in the Santa Cruz area, so in Boulder Creek specifically. Oh, so I yeah. love, my, my heart is there still. It's what a gorgeous community that is. Um, just very inspiring and uplifting and um, being there. Um, I started to just feel the need in being with cannabis. You just sort of start to feel the need to um, better yourself, um, understand yourself more. Um, and through that, I wanted to understand um, medicine more and I wanted to understand food more and how that all correlates. And what I was seeing given to medical patients at the moment was um, mostly sugary things like yeah. Rice Krispies or lemonades yeah. and, or capsules. Um, and I felt bad because um, from what I was getting for everyone, like usually people who are on medication all the time don't necessarily want to take another pill again and so it was a sort of a novel concept to be able to offer medicine in an edible way that I think can be extrapolated into a larger field but that opens a whole can of doors (laughs) but um but it really um it really cannabis started my passion to try to heal people with food um and just kindness and learning like how to just um put intention towards almost everything that you do and so you kind of started at a a place where you you saw that the the healing power of cannabis when ingested and the eaten right and then you also saw that the things that people were ingesting and eating at the same time were probably counterproductive to whatever goals (laughs) they were attempting to have through eating cannabis you know from and uh and then you saw the need from for those type of products and you started making those type of products yeah so i started making um fruit and nut products um we have like a pineapple one and a blueberry one and a ginger one and a, a cacao based one and um I just really wanted to do whole foods to people. And my whole thing was about convenience. Like, it's not um, saying, like, this will make you healthy or anything like that. But um, it's like, like, there's sugary stuff in abundance. And that's great. And that's fine. I think that everyone has their moment of whatever they need, remembrance of their youth or something. Um, But I wanted to offer something that was different than that. And so, yeah, that started from um, just the lack of seeing it. But now I see it everywhere. And I'm so so happy yeah. about that yeah. and so did the the edibles come first and then the extractions and the the farms or what it, it was all very together? synchronous yeah, yeah totally i mean i think that we all we started growing first yeah. most definitely and then we started playing around with cold water hash um and then yeah and then i started playing around with edibles and so and that all probably started happening within a quarter a three month three or four month period yeah. so yeah it was no, and I, i've i've always been a huge fan of uh hash as the extraction for your food and um, you know I know people are doing the solvents where you can you know get tested down where we can know it's clean and safe but there's you know a time where if you were like we said going after these healing cannabinoids you shouldn't be putting other food products that aren't good for you into that and then how you get those cannabinoids into that food product starts to matter because you don't want any residual solvents into your food so that was a need at the time and i was i you know i i love baking with hash and still to this day that's you know the way and um and so i was always excited that that you're not only using that as your input but you know bragging about that right it, yeah, and it's the simplest way to do it. Like yeah. it's just like so nice and convenient. Like um, you could do it without electricity if you wanted to. And that's I'm just how much closer to an extraction to nature could you get than that? Yeah. <laughs> so. And it also allows you, like, you know, like everyone, a lot of the edible food 
you know, the every, a lot of people start with cannabis butter and are putting, you know, either buds or shake or, you know, other pieces in and they're doing that. And then it's nice to both for like, you know, kind of consistency and dosing region, reasons, but then also it's, I feel like it's easier to, to get that, the water hash or the concentrate, um, into that infusion of whatever your next point is or yeah. you could just eat it as is it's right? true yeah totally make it as is it's already you could just decarb it a little bit and put it in anything that yeah. you want um and I, I love the idea of using um flowers and butters and stuff like that and, and coconut oils and i um i personally was trying to find something that was slightly more potent without being like a an uh, oil-based um distillate or something like that or yeah. um and so that's why i went for cold water and um but I think that it's just, it's, you're probably gaining um, almost a little bit more of a profile of some things with the long extraction of like an oil or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah, I, not to get into the nuances, but if it's cold <laughs> all the way, you're, you know, you're capturing. Oh, I'm not beautiful. afraid of a little plant material in there. No, I want to just preserve, gorgeous. you know, other than purity. So that's great. And then, you know, so you've got the, the edible line from the, Prop 215, SB420 days. Mm -hmm. And like everyone, I'm talking to you, you're still involved in cannabis, <laughs> so you must have, have dealt with the, the new regulatory model. And so can you talk about how you transitioned um, from you know, being a collective gardener, product maker, extractor, and how you've been able to repeat that within the regulatory model and still remain farm to table? <laughs> Um, I, it's been uh, a big growing process. Um, when you are trained to do things in one way out of fear and out of um, wanting to be as compliant as you can, especially during the 215 days, like every part of me is always wanting to just like make sure that everyone's needs are met, regardless of whose needs those are. Yeah. I'm not trying to step on any feeds on that, and I want um, everyone to feel good. So then moving into this, like, open world of, like, corporatism and all of this stuff, and um, just it's just a whole new lingo. It was a whole new game to learn. It was um, So it took a little time um, to figure out the aspects of that. Um, but we are, and we're all finding our place, and everyone is doing their part, and just... Um, evolving into the new realm of things and still trying to keep the goal of what we want, which is um, community. So um, how do we do that? How do we get people together still and just keep our roots strong and what our goal was like we had the time of growing and and figuring out what this corporate world is but now that we all sort of know this new rules and these new gang these new this the new game we can sort of work with each other yeah and um and we can work with each other compliantly and it's um and i think that is where we are and i can't wait to see that, no, happen. that it's so great and um <clears throat> so you know one of the themes of this show and the title cleaner than your vegetables and um in some ways groups like yours that have been already cleaner than your vegetables before it was a state mandate right <laughs> um where it had a leg up and what we hope to do with this cast and um you know this movement really is keep that consciousness going and one of the advantages of having the strictest regulations ever is that not you know a product like yours is um you know first you can more easily plug into this new thing and and it also gets the opportunity to to tell its story Right. And so for if we can talk a little bit about how we get how you think that um, the 
building the market for these type of products, right, is going, and things that are not only up to the state regulatory bar, which is cleaner than your vegetables, but then beyond organic and really things that um, that can fill the, because I think like in some ways in the edible market, a lot of my favorite small producers that were kind of on the same ethos weren't able to get licenses and everyone had to scale up, which swings you towards a certain kind of industrial model and a certain product. So in a lot of ways, lifted is back to its original <laughs> mission of there's a, a niche or there, more than a niche, there's a need. And um, how do we, you know, get that organic aisle like we talk about a lot in a dispensary uh, yeah. and how do we get the awareness of those products out there? Um, by things like this, this is amazing. Thank yeah. you. Right? Yeah, just Great. like um, communication, talking with people. I mean, COVID is hard. I would say that that to me as a company is the hardest thing is not being able to talk with consumers. Um, I mean, they, lovely like we have product days. And yeah, things product like that. days, things like that. Uh, reaching out, even like events. I mean, there's no events yeah. that we could be participating yeah. in there. Um, and just. Yeah, just general outreach. I mean, social media is good, and so it's just another game that we're learning, like learning how to get out there, learning yeah. how to get uh, Zoom, have Zoom meetings and Zoom parties with people and yeah. um, do that. So, I mean, it's it's evolving, and I think that we'll get back out there, but that has changed things a lot. Um, sorry, I got distracted there with that. But, um, but coming back to... Um, I wanted to mention too is that since we do edibles and farm-to-table and since this is the name of the podcast, um, we... I had a scare for like at the beginning of regulations that the fruits that I was using had heavy metals in yeah, them because that yeah, is not yeah. uh, that's not as regulated ha as highly as cannabis is and we did have some that um, we had to destroy that did uh, were um, high yeah. in heavy metals and I had to, it was just weeks of like contacting the, yeah, the it, it was just so many components each thing has about four ingredients in it so was it the mangoes or could it have been um, there was there's just a lot of um, layers to that. Um, um, but I do enjoy that um, because it does raise the bar for the rest of yeah. everyone. Because if it, they want to provide to us, then they have to provide more high-quality organic worth stuff. It's spinning off on that point because it's really an interesting thing that happened a few years ago. Yeah. Is that <laughs> people started realizing that the cannabis inputs in their edibles were actually the only thing that might pass to do sinners. <laughs> and they had to find new like lemon rind extract or substitutes to change recipes. So yeah. that's a, an interesting thing and literally cleaner than your vegetables yeah. in some senses. Um, and, you know, we we're talking about how do we build the, the consciousness around the, you know, these products or in things and fill that need. But um, do, what do you think is cannabis market right now it seems like there's a demand for these like well-being health products right and most people walking into a dispensary today are going there like always for health reasons and so what do you think is cannabis customers well educated in that way I, I mean ready I, for this pro these products to be there i hope so and that's what i want to see happening i think that right now um as always, I've worked in retail a lot of my life. I've yeah. enjoyed, I love customer service. I love working with people. Um, and it really comes a lot to how much people have to spend or what is affordable to them. So as much as they may want to make a choice to get something more healthy, sometimes it's just too expensive for them. It's just yeah. not something that they're um, able to do. So our goal is to provide something, hopefully... Um, where we're just making enough to be able to afford ourselves and grow and provide it at a cost to the consumer that they can do. Um, so... 
that would be how we want to like affect the marketplace and get us and get more health food out there and that's what i would sort of like strive for other companies to do is just like realize that like if, if we want to make this something where it's a convenience and something then people are able to easily change their habits to something that is more healthy yeah. then it has to be a little bit more um conscious of what the economics of the general class is yeah, yeah. no and, and the event i mean it's a whole nother spin-off but the the availability of this now in the new paradigm it's the folks who can't pay you know have been the ones who lose access through legalization mm -hmm. and so um yeah there's a, you know we're at wham we're involved with the compassionate giveaway and we're really happy that on march 1st that the state lifted the taxes on yes. the free weed to poor people <laughs> and sick people but uh, we got a long way to go to getting back to even the access that we had before but the good the trade-off is that the the stigma has been even further lifted so no pun right yes. now. <laughs> and, uh, and so people are, are coming into these uh, dispensaries and and retail shops now and they're coming in as recreational users but they're really coming in for the the health and well-being properties of this and just like their other products that they're going after in the health and well-being they don't want to be putting poison into themselves at the same time as they're trying to heal themselves so yeah. i think that right now this part of the industry i hope is what you know consumers are looking more and more for and if we can get the economics right and then also work on the compassion ends of things i think that's like where we need to be going um and, and just speaking of just the like ethos or the values <laughs> right and a lot of the the businesses we're i've been talking to recently on this cast and in it's the ethos of cannabis is still there and the values. And so can you talk about a little bit about, you know, I know you guys are vegan, gluten-free, <laughs> organic, all these things. And yeah. so it's not just filling the niche or the need. It's, you know, part of a bigger worldview and goals, right? And yeah. so can you talk a little bit about that and how that fits into your business model? Totally. Um, so uh, I started out um, learning about nutrition through um, working at a supplement company and um, through that I just sort of really loved how food worked with your body more so than I liked how um, supplements worked with your body. Um, it just seemed like you absorb things better and it's sort of just like the same way as like um, feeding your soil. You want to um, feed your gut that same way. Things make things yeah. more bioavailable, yep. more easily yep. to um, accumulate and all of that. Um, and um, from there um, I wanted to be able to provide a product that we knew where it was sourced from um, so we could provide as much cannabis as we wanted to and then that trim from that would get transformed into this like wonderful cold water hash and then that cold water hash would be um, just diverted out into all these different canals and one of those being like an edible line of um, veganism um, and so at the time that I started that I was doing it like it was it was very um, new and so I was excited because it was new and that's why I was yeah. learning about it um, and um I love the ideas that nuts and things like that had so much nutrition inside of them, especially when you like break them down a bit and make that like a little yeah. bit more available. Um, and then um, I just wanted to provide that because that wasn't being provided. But now I sort of want to expand that into like a whole realm of just like whole foods in general that will like make you feel better. Um, there's just like a world of um, plant medicine and and um, food medicine that is out there that um, that we can expand upon. And I can't work, wait to work with people to do that. All right, before we go any further, time for another gardening tip from the mill himself. 
cannabis is now evolving into you know commercial scale applications and production as a whole commercial cannabis cultivators are not growing by the pound now they're growing by the ton and as counties and as you know states become more supportive to the cannabis cultivation the value is going to decline on scale but there's also going to be incredible value from niche producers and innovation and genetics and you know crop production methodologies so commercial cannabis is rapidly evolving into a, an industry that is attracting a new generation of farmers it's attracting a, a next level kind of crop advisor and pest control advisor um, it's attracting innovation and lab work and, and application and you know in reference to the differentiation in THC and CBD cannabis crops, it's it's pushing into understanding how we are growing compounds and in the crops that we're growing at scale. And so now farmers are aren't just growing a, a fruit or a flower, they're they're growing compounds. Farmers are growing crops in relation to their environment with the intention that they're going to be able to maximize certain characteristics of that genetic profile. And though that's something that we see in all crops, it's something that we're really valuing in the infancy of commercial cannabis production because it's necessary. And as that continues to evolve, I think that commercially we're gonna see a lot more viability in commercial field crop grown cannabis that has a lot of application from phytotherapeutic to just recreational application that is extremely high quality. And so it's a, it's a really interesting time to see commercial ag and cannabis coming head to head, pushing the, the next generation of farmer. It's propelling the ag succession of, you know, in areas that have become less productive um, because generations before weren't interested in being involved in commercial agriculture. It's providing a, a place of learning for, again, all of the innovation that supports the rest of our commercial crops, let alone the, the value that it's generating from a, a consumer demand standpoint. We're driving the opportunity for consumers to make decisions with more than just intention. We're driving con the ability for consumers to, to make decisions with concrete information and analytics. We're, we're developing a, an opportunity to, to change the way that crops are grown because of the way that they represent the true nutrient density or, or health value or benefit or you know medical application. And so commercial cannabis, both CBD and THC, is propelling things forward in commercial ag just in the sense of how, how we understand you know the value of, of the crop that we're growing. All right, so Angela, we've been talking about kind of, you know, the the products and the, you know, farm to table things, but I've always liked the blueberry bites, right? And so what do you have cooking in your kitchen? Is there any new products coming down or what if what have been your favorites lately? Nice. Um, so my favorites are all of them at the moment because um, I'm relaunching everything in a new 10-pack variety. So um, I've sort of um, messed with the recipes just a bit, made them a little bit more um, just yummy, I think. And um, 
um, yes, refined. I've had time. I can see what like sort of um, is a little bit more shelf stable, what lasts a little bit longer, what makes the flavor intense over time. Um, and so um, everyone gets just a brand new beautiful packaging and all of that stuff. Um, and then 10 bites per pack, uh, 10 milligrams each. And then at the moment, we have um, wonderful cold water hash and pre-rolls on the market. Um, so um, sour strawberry is um, a one that's gorgeous that's out there right now. And it's one yeah. of our favorites. So Yeah. yeah. So that's your favorite flower yeah. of the moment right now <laughs> is. is the sour strawberry. Yeah. Is that what's... Do you know that cross? Is it the sour diesel with the strawberry banana? Or um, it's strawberry, strawberry banana and sour chem. Oh, perfect. Um, so, and I think that's the Crockett that does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Crockett yeah. Farms, great, yeah, great. So we have, um, so that's sort of like our favorite. It's like yeah, our I little. Love the strawberry yeah, banana yeah. Cut, so I could yeah. go serve some strawberry banana fuel. Oh, Sounds amazing. It's amazing. That's mostly what we have um, growing, but we have um, about uh, 14 other strains growing. Um, yeah, what other strains? Yeah, I yeah. love that stuff. Any um, other tasty ones that? You're um, I'm about. really excited about the what was it again? It was a kiwi berry lime. Oh, that great. was that sounds like a really great one. So I'm really excited to try that one. Um, I always like the berry ones, especially with the blueberry that you're talking about. Yeah. I would love for in the future to be able to like have a whole field that's dedicated to like a, flou- a flavor. So it would be like God's gift in blueberry. That would be my dream. And then you could have like oh, so you <laughs> could make blueberry bites out of the blueberry field and the blue yeah yeah so it would be amazing yeah yeah we've been kind of getting off on tangents with my the last cast guest about flavors and things but it's really you're saying that you know the the berry you've always been a berry person with those things and um what it's exciting times because uh you know, we've, we're always looking for the next big thing and the next flavor and everybody tasting. So yeah. it's cool. And you're able to plant a lot of varieties at this time. And you're, we are, you've yeah. Got we're new about ones uh, you're working with and excited about. So that's great. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we're doing it. We have five acres. So we're giving it, each of it has its own little, it has about a half acre. So for oh, itself. Wow. So it's a nice little project. And we'll see um, sort of what grows best and is and most enjoyable to the certain climate that each property is at. So great, yeah. great. Yeah. And you, and <clears throat> so you've come a long way in from probably mountain farming first yeah. down to where you're not talking about square footage, you're talking about acreage. Yeah. And so that's got to have been a, a transition. But you're, you're still keeping a lot of the, you know, the old principles of farming, right? And this is yeah. why. And so how's the journey been expanding from square feet to acreage? Um, just a lot more mindfulness of um, water, how much water is being yeah. used, what keeps the water the best, um, and how to pest management, all of that stuff in such a large field. And um, we're going to try this new amazing technique with drones, and maybe yeah. that will just be like a more <laughs> accurate way to do it. And yeah. it might um, disturb the plants least, and it might be perfect. So, so um, how do you use drones for pest? Are you gonna, um, so you can just little lasers. A little laser. You can have like little um, packets attached, and like just oh, have to, those. Yeah, yeah. To drop the predator mites totally. and things like that that's yeah. great no, that's, yeah the yeah <laughs> past and future come together yes. this is it is it all evolves you have to be open to everything we yeah have, yeah and uh, <clears throat> so then also you know thanks for your time and all Thank this you. it's been great um and hopefully we'll talk again in the future but um if you you know one of the things we're often talking about too is that we're in a transitional period so obviously this is just the beginning from the lifted even though there's a long story behind but what do you hope to accomplish other than still being here and surviving the next few years um i 
I think that our goal is to accomplish providing something that um, will create a better world um, to a society that um, will accept it. So that means like creating growing techniques that can be um, put out to a whole skew of different foods and vegetables, um, but that will be better to remediate the earth itself. Because um, we have, we've been growing on earth for a long time and it would be nice to remediate that. And then having that technique expand towards products and packaging and all of that wonderful yeah. stuff. Perfect. Well, and you just said the word that I was just thinking. I'm like, oh, we didn't talk about packaging because you can't have a product maker here without giving it. So you've probably been through the ringer on what was old packaging under the medical yes. to 15 days into what's compliant packaging here. Yeah. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about your packaging journey? Um, it's, it's been a roller coaster like everything else. It's always based on um, whatever decision that uh, a bodying agency has made. So for a while there was Mylar. We weren't able to be compostable because yep. it had to be a Mylar. And then now um, it has to be childproof, which um, is fine in its own way, but um, a lot of the compostable um, factories aren't able to produce that. So it's yeah. sort of just waiting um, for everything to catch up with that. No, so. It's a, another whole dimension of what we've been talking about yeah. is if you're going to have you know, these healing cannabinoids and a healing growing process, extraction process, farm to table, but then your farm to table product is wrapped in something that's non-compostable. Yeah, so like, oh, we're man. not there yet, but uh, getting there. So um, thank you so much. And I don't want to take any more of your time, but I'm sure we could go for hours and it's really been a pleasure. And um, yeah, everyone go get lifted, right? Thank you. Yes, everyone go get lifted. Check us out. Great, bye. <laughs> bye.